TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Warning. The Outsider's Edge contains strong opinions, unconventional views, and contrarian stances. Listen, if you dare. Hey, yo. Outsider's Edge. Of course, it's your boy Rance, aka Ray Cash. I'm always here repping for the squad. I have with me tonight my Golden Lovers brethren, the Kota to my Kenny, Mr. Kyle Morris. What's happening, sir? Hey, glad to be here. Shout out to our brother Carl. Hope that family stuff is going well. We love you, buddy. See you next time. Uh, he'll be back next week. We got some big shit next week for y'all. Um, not just the Edge, but uh some social suplex shit coming for y'all so he'll be back next week hopefully for sure um but tonight so look the last time we talked to y'all so much has happened since then that like everybody decided to turn heel james ellsworth came out as a perv like everything has happened we know we need to catch you up on a lot of this stuff so we're gonna try to mix what we can into um our preview for social soup not social soup for survivor series and nc takeover war games this is a preview show so that will be the basis of the show but as we talk about the fuse and the matches we will add in our thoughts on the happenings of the day so we'll give you our accurate insights on what's actually happening because obviously the only people who know better than the edge are the tongans and we all deference to the tongans all difference. Not just, you know, maybe we need to stop saying just the Tongans. The Tongans and the rest of the Polynesians. Yeah, you know, we don't want no smoke with Oceania. No, you can, none of y'all. That, ex- nope. that, ex- that expands to a little bit of Japan, that expands to Australia and New Zealand. Y'all got it. Yep. You're from an Asian island, we're smarter than to pick a fight with you. We know better. You can kill us in about 200 ways. But, um, I think... Man, takeovers, I realize that New Japan is known for its quality in terms of big shows, and they have amazing quality. But from a stateside point of view, there's no show that can compare from just pure quality wrestling entertainment than a takeover. And this is the second edition of the TakeOver War Games um, event. And uh, they... Here's with the Okie Doke this year. Normally, every takeover has five matches. We're having four. We're going to talk about the fifth match because it's going to be taped before for the episode on Wednesday. And it's a big enough match for us to talk about. But TakeOver War Games is going to be amazing. Before I even say anything, before we can go through the matches, what's your thought on TakeOver? What's your thought on where NXT is? Like, what are you thinking? I mean... Sometimes I wish NXT had an extra hour because they've got so many people now. They're so stacked with talent, and they don't have enough time to highlight everybody. Mm-hmm. But TakeOver always delivers. Always. You, you never have to worry about take, TakeOver not delivering. 
people talk about how it's formulaic, and they're not wrong. There's a takeover formula for sure, but the formula works, and until the formula stops working, ride it. Since Takeover Brooklyn, the original one with Bailey, Sasha, and Finn uh, Owens in the in the ladder match, I don't. And I mean, you can even go back to the Full Sail uh, takeovers because they were great too. But I think that first Brooklyn episode, the first Brooklyn show was kind of, as Triple H said, the dawning of a new era, so to speak. Um, from that show on, I fail to remember a even mediocre takeover. They've all been great to excellent. And that is, that's, that is, it's mind-blowing to think that in this world, in the WWE world where story is king, entertainment is king, they can bridge the entertainment gap and they can bridge the story gap and the and the actual in-ring gap and make it work for everybody. That's hard to do. It's amazing what happens when your creative team is made up of more wrestling personalities. Well, yeah, well you know when you when you make sense common sense is so common and when you make sense things when you when you when you sense I I can't think. I was going to say something. Yeah. <laughs> See that's sure. different. Trying to be, trying to be smart as shit. I was trying to, I was trying to be Ray Sage instead of Ray Cash. This shit ain't working. Yeah, fuck it. Yeah, You're it's right. too late for that, man. Man, man. hell yeah, it's, it's late as it's late as hell. It's been a long week. The kids are here and they run me ragged. So yeah. So we're gonna get to it. Like I said, I want to talk about the. <laughs> I'm not even gonna call it the pre-show match, but it's the fifth takeover match. Not on takeover. Matt Riddle. NXT's new toy, as Cassius Ono would have you believe, versus Cassius Ono. That is going to be, like, this has been in the works for three, four, five months. Um, And Ono is motivated as hell because he probably really feels like, you know, nowadays everybody want to talk, like got something to say, but nothing comes out when you move your lips, just a bunch of gibberish. Everybody actually forgot about Ono. Well... He's easy to forget about. They're so stacked with talent. Um, but if they're allowed to go out there and have a stiff match, this match gonna hit hard. Jesus Christ, yes. And, and if they if they take the leash off, these two are gonna beat the shit out of each other. When you look at and when you, when you look at Matt, like you look at Cash's Ono, and you can tell like he's a big dude, calls us knockout artist. We know his history. And yes, and yes, I know Matt Riddle fought in the UFC, but when you see him in a wrestling capacity, this California stoner who wears flip-flops to the ring, screams bro, gives you the hang 10 sign all the time, uh, wears his wife's biker shorts, <laughs> but then he's probably the hardest-hitting dude in the business in most nights. It's it's a, it's a crazy dichotomy. So yeah, you're right. They're, that JR... The the phrase you are uses slobber knocker is so appropriate for this match. Yeah, this one's gonna be a good one. Um, obviously, I got Matt Riddle winning this match. I do too. Um, and even I would question it if it was on Takeover. They might try to pull a fast one on us. But this is this is for NXT TV. Absolutely, Matt Riddle's going over. But it's gonna be a hell of a match. Uh, hell. Of oh a yeah. Match. And and just because I think he's going over in this particular match does not mean that I think that this is the last time he tangles with Ono, because I think this heel Ono is going to come back to haunt Matt Riddle later on. 
Matt Riddle and maybe uh, Keith Lee, too. I mean, he could be coming back to haunt a lot of people because, like, that's this new character that he's playing. The gatekeeper, so to speak. Yeah. Um. So let's 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 get to the main show, and I, it's crazy that this is, so to speak, the undercard match, but Mr. Takeover himself, Johnny Gargano, and Mr. Alster Black. So you guys know the few, the who shot, uh, Alster, uh, kind of storyline, who jumped him, turned out to be Johnny Gargano. Gargano's kind of turned to the dark side. He was kind of consumed by his hatred for Champa and very truly became the Venom symbiote. <laughs> Recipes to Stanley. Um, but yeah, so and Alistair's pissed. Al- Alistair's a force of nature when he's when he's on his game. Johnny Gargano is a five star match waiting to happen. He's Mr. Five Star Match in WWE, absolutely. So First and foremost, before I even ask you about the match, over under for star ratings in this match, four out of four and three quarters, over under. I mean, I feel like the floor is four is a four star match, so I'm gonna say I'm gonna take the over just because I can't bet against them and take over, and I can't bet against them with the story that they've already got. This is the most, other than the War Games match itself, this is the most story driven match on the card. I mean, you say that, but Kyrie and uh, and Shane have been going on how long? long They've had a long feud, but I'm talking about like an actual story arc. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. The way that this has naturally bridged off from the Gargano Champa story arc, how Gargano's heel turn has been necessitated by his obsession with Champa and incorporating the, half the roster because of the investigation to who attacked Alistair Nikki and Cross, Nikki Cross, and now Candace is stuck between them. Like, all this different shit that's going on, this is the most story-driven match on the card. So, uh, you, you said something, and, and you're right. NXT takeovers are proof when you have great creative writing by actual wrestling people, but the Champa Gargano story that meshes in with the Alster Black story, which meshes in with the Gargano Black story, and everything in between, is proof that when you have Hollywood or TV writers that know wrestling and give a shit about doing it right, and this is how it works. Because this is straight off a TV show. All of that shit is straight off of... If wrestling was a TV show, and I realize it is, but you know what I mean. Like, like, this all of this could I can see this on Young and the Restless in a you know different format. I mean, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, if I were forced to pick a winner, I think I'm going to go with Alistair. But I also think that this is his swan song in NXT. You think this is this is it? Well, at least I his. Think, you think he's called about the Survivor Series? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's call-up season because it's the after a big four. You never know. So I think that this is his. I think that this is his time, and I think that he'll probably end up on Raw because God knows they need people. SmackDown needs faces. SmackDown needs faces. This is true because everybody's turning heel over on SmackDown. I mean, it's the thing to do. Hell, even <laughs> the the rumor is that. Because Brian wanted to turn heel, we'll get to that later on. They they cut they they 
ex-nade Shane turning heel because Brian wanted to turn. <laughs> so, but yes, I agree with you, sir. I I, I believe Alistair Black. Um, it would be a it would be a bit of a disservice to the story. I'm not a good guy guy, but the good guy kind of has to get some comeuppance on this situation. Yeah, he was taken out, like, and lost a tight and lost a title match. So, like, yeah, he kind of got to win here. Yeah, he's kind of got to win here. Um, well, we mentioned it just a few minutes ago, but uh, the women's title match is in a two out of three falls match. This match is particularly the reason why Riddle and Ono are on the the pre-show because they want to give this match time. And if you've watched any Kyrie Sane, Shayna Baszler match, they go at it, they have great chemistry, and they get time. I see this being like 40 minutes. I mean, it could, it'll probably be the longest match outside of the War Games match. So, oh, and we also have to, we have to mention that Marina Shafir, Mrs. Roger Strong, and... Uh, Hi, Roddy. <laughs> I was waiting on that. And... <laughs> And Jessamine Duke, the other four horsewomen, are active and will be at ringside. Yeah. Um, I don't know who to pick on this match because I don't know what they're doing with Shayna. After? In, yeah. I don't know what the lo- what the long long goal is here. Well, f- well, I can tell you this. This is the definitive last match in the feud. Yes. Yes. That part is for sure. But I don't know if the long term is like tying up loose ends for Shayna, or if it's like she's going to be champ for a little while again. So I, I struggle with, I struggle with this too. So let me tell you where I am in the middle. My, my head says Shayna will win because I don't see a title, title change this quick. She has the heaters ringside and um, her holding that belt gives it a little more prestige in Kyrie. My heart says Kyrie for one for one reason. There's an undefeated woman who's a heel waiting to take that title. And I don't see a Shayna Baszler, Bianca Belair feud. No, but I mean, I'm here for anything involving Bianca. So, Absolutely. like, she is the EST of NXT. She's the EST of WWE shit. Shit. I, I'm right there with you. Other than my queen, Rebecca Lynch. Well, we'll talk. We'll talk about the man in a little bit. Um. So yeah, we gotta pick. We gotta make a prediction. All okay. right. I'll let's split it. Let's split the difference. You said I'll let you pick Shayna and I'll pick Kyrie. That works for me. Boom. That, that, that way, both one of us is right. One of us is right. Yep. <laughs> um. Okay. This, so this match is the least hyped match of the card, and it can be on a card like this where War Games is a hook. But they really made it interesting. Because, and, I mean, it's two of the most interesting people on the roster. Sure, but WWE has shown you can't just put two interesting people together and make magic. It has to have something behind it, too. But what they've managed to accomplish and the and the build of the match and the, the aura of the match. Think about this. The Velveteen Dream is a guy who's predicated on being in the spotlight. right? He's a flashy showman, kind of in his own world, this, that, and the other, right? They're in L.A. They're in Hollywood. Can you imagine the shenaniganry this motherfucker's gonna come do out with? 
what he's going to come out wearing and the entrance. I'm going to say I'm more interested in what he's going to come out wearing because he doesn't his entrance is so flashy on its own that he doesn't do a lot of special entrances. Um, but I'm very interested to see what kind of airbrushing we got for this show. His takeover clothing, um, the whole, his picks are impeccable. Yes. Uh, yes. Yes. So, Chomper and Dream, man, like, this ain't a dream match necessarily, but, this, like, I was against the idea of them together because it just didn't make sense to me. But watching NXT and seeing Dream kind of fully embrace the people's champ role he's kind of taking right now. Mm-hmm. Man, and Ch- you know, Chomp was the best heel in the business. I I understand. Absolutely. I understand that there's a lot of great heels right now, but Chomp was like the godfather. Oh, yeah. No, Chompa is Chompa is that dude. What'd you think of what'd nope. you think of the feud, man? What'd you think of the feud and who you got? I mean, I, I've enjoyed the feud because I'm real high on the dream. You guys know that. Um But I've really enjoyed the story that they told with like Dream earning the earning the shot and like taking on Lars Sullivan and um getting in Champa's head, which like how hard like how crazy is that? Someone got in Champa's head. Um but unfortunately, I don't see Dream winning the match because, I mean, Champa's Champa. And um, he's too hot. And I think that they're going to probably take back Gargano Champa again at some point. So um, I'm going to pick Champa. <laughs> Let me tell you why the Velveteen Dream will be the next NXT champion. Oh, I mean, I would mark for the Velveteen Dream to be the next, the next NXT champion. Like, I love me some Velveteen. The only reason Ciampa would still stay champ was for that inevitable final Gargano-Ciampa match, right? Ciampa's on the dark side. Gargano, I mean, Gar- Gargano's on the dark side now. Ciampa has said, hey, let's, let's, let's reform DIY. Johnny Gargano, <laughs> Johnny Gargano wasn't wrong, and he's like, he's Bigging up his boy again. I think the dynamic of having Dream win the title and run with it for a few months and giving him that run of can he be? We know he's got, we know he's he we know he's a huge entity. We know he is has all the upside in the world. We know he can talk. We know he could um, keep your interest, and we know he can work. The one thing we haven't seen with Dream in in a in, in a capacity in WWE is can he hold the top type, top metal of the brand? Can he be the guy? Right? We know that belt is supposed to represent who's the guy, who the guy is. I think this is their experiment for that. And I think that now that Ciampa Gargano is off the table for a while, maybe ever in NXT, because they'll eventually get called up, inevitably, you can kind of rewrite history and make something even different, bigger, going into Mania with Dream. I mean, I, I'd be here for it. Like I said, I, I marked hard for the Velveteen Dream, so like I, I'm, I'm all about that. If they're gonna reform DIY, can they get called up because like some tag team dumpster fire going on on at least one of these brands that we got to talk about later? Oh, by the way, uh, they're not they're, they're not reforming. But I'll tell you this: <laughs> I want so badly 
to see one match. It could be a takeover. It could be a random NXT. Even if the match doesn't finish, I need to see Dream and Black versus Gargano Ciampa. Can you imagine the, the, the difference in the dichotomy between those two? Because uh, remember, just... Black told Dream, you got my respect. I said your name. So they don't got beef. They might not like each other, but they they respect each other. Dream and, Gar- and then Gargano and Ciampa have the team with each other one more time? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Gargano's Gargano's still on that I hate Ciampa shit. Like, man spat on his wedding ring and threw it into the crowd. It's hard to forgive that. It's, it's kind of hard. But then, you know, Triple H did try to murder uh, Stone Cold, and then, two, like, a few months later, they were tag team, man. So, well, I mean, Triple H, Triple H also took a sledgehammer to Shawn Michaels' back, like, when he came back from his injury. So, like, you know, true. they're still besties. That's true. Triple H has turned on Batista and their besties. He's turned Undertaker on. set Kane on fire. Yeah, good point. Kane buried Undertaker alive a few twice. Times. Yeah, a few, yeah. yeah, a few times, yeah. <laughs> yeah, good point. You know, turning on your friends, it's, it's the WWE way. That's a good point. Yeah, no, you, yeah, you're right. Okay, so we've said all that to bring you to the marquee match of the evening, War Games. Um, and it's a hell of a War Games. Oh, my God, it's a hell of a War Games. And it's the more traditional style 4-on-4. Four four. Last year, and by the way, I was there last year. That's another reason, by the way, why I think Dream will win, because last year Andrade beat Drew when nobody expected that to happen. This is the perfect scenario for a title change because it's because it's not the most important match on the card. It's it might it's almost the least important match on the card. I mean it's the forgotten match on the card. Well, yeah, it, yeah, it it is forgotten, but even though it's we know it, but it's just the other ones are just so fire. Um, but I was there last year for, uh, Authors of Pain and Roddy Strong versus Sanity versus, um, Young Spirit Era. Fucking great match. They've upped the ante this year with Bobby Fish healthy, all four members, all strong four members of the Undisputed Era against the War Raiders, Pete Dunne, and the dude who's going to try to murder himself and everybody else all match Ricochet. Uh, he is going to jump off of everything alive. I hope that they make more use this year of both rings. That is one thing I would like to see. If there is one criticism I could have from last year's version of the match is that they didn't really utilize both rings effectively. And I'd like to see more interplay between that this year. Well, they've had a full year to plan. How yes. Be different. Well, and all four members of Undisputed have been in the match now, so yeah. like they have that experience to go on. Um, and I mean, War Raiders, the former War Machine, they're a fucking phenomenal tag team. Um, you know, you you're very right to say that like, yeah, Ricochet will try to kill himself. Fucking Hanson will leap off the top of that cage and he will not give a fuck. He will launch a beautiful moonsault because Hanson has a beautiful moonsault. Yeah. yeah. And he will level everybody else in that match. Yeah. Han- I love I love the way they describe themselves. He's like, I'm the hot flyer. Ro is the power guy. I'm sorry, what? Yep. Facts. <laughs> All facts. Yeah. Hanson's big ass is nimble as fuck. Yeah. 
Um, and the forgotten guy of the forest, Pete Dunn, who might be real legitimately a total package. No, it's a total package. <laughs> and I know I'm 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 about to like say something maybe slightly blasphemous, but of the eight men, Pete Dunn might be the best wrestler. I'd buy that, yeah. So the I think that the, I think the next best I think the next best is probably if, if we're just talking no i mean if personally this is an aesthetic choice for me but if we're just talking in ring itself i'd right. go the next best would be o'reilly oh kyle yeah Ooh. kyle o'reilly is fucking great like yeah. great. well I, I, i'll explain to you it took me a while to get into him because his style is so different but I, now that i'm into it i love it you you I, you might be right righty strong is tremendous in ring too um, yeah, oh, Roddy's great. And he's I together. mean, honestly, of the Undisputed Era guys, he's the most interesting and he's the biggest star, but Cole's the worst wrestler. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, like, of those guys, like, they're all good, but Cole's the worst wrestler. And he don't give a fuck because he's going to make you say baby. Oh, yeah, like, Cole's the, he's the Undisputed star, but at the same time, yeah. So, we know they're going to try to kill each other. Yep. Who's going to walk out of the cage? Well, uh, last year, Undisputed Era won the cage. So, this year, I'm going to say they lose. I feel the same thing. But I guess the better question is, since we agree, the War Raiders, Ricochet, and Dunn will win the match. We agree on that. Who's going to get the fall? I think Bobby Fish takes the pin. I think either Ricochet or Pete Dunne get the pin. I believe that Ricochet is going to hit the 630 off the top. But it's going to be Cal O'Reilly. Why O'Reilly? I think it's going to be Fish because I think eventually they're going to turn on Fish. And they'll point to this as a reason why. I agree with that notion, but I... I think that WWE needs to let people know that Fish is still a threat. And I don't think this is the match for him to kind of fail yet. Because he's been gone so long, and they got so much better when he was gone, that that's why if you... So, ever since he's come back, that's why he's had this vicious streak of just attacking people with chairs for no reason. He has to set himself apart. Like, all three of the, the, the core guys since Fish has been out have their own personalities and their, their core things, right? Like, we know Cole's the leader, and he's flashy and this and that. Kyle O'Reilly is the idiot with the face, funny facial expressions, but he's the guy that can beat your ass in real life. Roddy Strong is gonna backbreaker you in hell, and he's like the 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 jock who makes terrible jokes but backs it up. Like, they all have a, they all have a niche. Bobby doesn't. So Bobby's the dad, duh. Well, we he's know like that. Like, <laughs> you're right, yeah, legitimately. NXT fans don't know that, so I think they're going to set it, set him apart with a vicious streak that might even be a little uncomfortable, and that's why I don't think he, I don't think he takes the fall in this match. Plus, right now, this is gonna sound crazy. Of the four members of Undisputed Era, Kyle O'Reilly is the one guy who just can't be buried. Like you could do what he could lose every match for the next year, and he will just he'll be in the same level. Because O'Reilly's awesome. That's what I'm saying. So he's not gonna he's not gonna be he's not gonna get hurt by taking the fall. The look on his face when they lose will be priceless. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. But, oh my god, it's gonna be tremendous. Uh before we get out of before we get out of NXT, two more questions. Who's gonna be sitting at ringside, if anybody? And are we gonna see any surprises during the show? Um, who's gonna be sitting at ringside? If, if anybody. Any- Doesn't have to be anybody. There might not be one. Punishment Martinez at random point probably. Uh they've they've done a couple videos about signing him. Um no, I don't think he's gonna debut or like anything like that, but yeah. Uh other than that, I can't remember who oh, Chelsea Green. I think she'll be at ringside during the women's match. And man, this is gonna sound disrespectful. I don't mean it to be, but are they big enough for them to be noticed at ringside with the uh... With with that type of NXT is a smart crowd. No matter where you go, NXT is a smart crowd. That's fair. That's fair. And 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 I think Chelsea more than punishment. But yeah, I can see them both. Um, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, I'm a little bummed that Chelsea is starting off as hot mess because the way she became hot mess was so entertaining and so integral to the story. But if she can pull it off, cool. But yeah, it might be. Um, any surprises in the show? Like any like anybody get jumped? Any stories, ha- like anything, anything that you think is going to happen in the show? I don't, I don't think I can come up with any big surprises during the show. Um, I think Candice might come out during the show and side with Johnny. Oh, she's so she's turned to the dark side too. I mean, I don't know if it's necessarily a full blown turn, but like she's gonna stand by her man. Um, this isn't so much a surprise, but I think that, uh, Kyrie brings out Io Shirai with her to kind As of backup. Yeah. I could see that. Cause, cause the reason she lost the title as great as Shayna is, is Jasmine Duke hit a beautiful pump kick right on time and kind of threw her off and put her into Kirifuda. So she know, I don't bat, no matter how bad I am, it's two out of three falls. I got to have somebody have my back. Yeah. Um, that that might be a, that's not a surprise, but you know, um, yeah, I guess that's about yeah. Okay, take over. Yeah, um, it's gonna be a good show. Yeah, man, it's gonna be excellent. I it's gonna be four hours, and I say four because the pre-show of pure, extreme, excellent wrestling. It's amazing. Um. Before we go to the Sunday show, I think we need to take a break and talk about and and play everybody's favorite game show. Watch Kyle Berry Ring of Honor. So today's burial of Ring of Honor is inspired by a few things. Um, First of all, there is uh, that picture that Rant sent me earlier today of Ring of Honor is trying to put a show in Houston at the NRG Arena. And they ain't sold shit. Let me give, let me give some, some specs because I know people are going to want to know. The NRG Arena is not the Energy Stadium where the Texans play. It is a, is a arena that probably holds 2,000 people on the premises. Okay. It's not. It's, it's a nice size arena, but it's not the biggest. But it's a nice size arena, right? Number one. Number two. The show is January twenty fifth. So there's that. But if this was raw, and there was that many seats open, and I'm talking Ticketmaster, not Step Up, 
like Ticketmaster. Yo, bitch. I just wanted to give that. Please continue, because I'm with you. Um, then there's the fact that the elite are leaving, y'all. They are getting the fuck out on this company. And when they leave this company, there will still be maybe five stars on that brand. Maybe. Five? You got F you got SCU. Okay. So you got <laughs> you got SCU. You got Dalton Castle. You got Taven. Jay Lethal. Um Taven in the Kingdom. Taven in the Kingdom and the Best Friends. That's it. And best friends are kind of focusing more on New Japan than anything. So, yeah, they ain't got shit on that roster. That roster is weak sauce. Oh, Flip. Oh, Flip. Yeah, that's right. I forgot. Flip's not going to leave with the Elite yet because he signed a two-year deal and he's stuck there. And I kind of feel bad for you, Flip Gordon, because you are on a ship that is sinking fast. But he'll be, but he'll 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 get the Jeff Jarrett role as the champ at the end. Oh, I'm sorry, not Jeff Jarrett. He'll be he'll get the Booker T role of finally getting the title because nobody else is there to get it. Book, I love you. I don't mean that as this. Oh, I mean you can mean it however you need to mean it. The fact of the matter is, this is a company that has all this false hope because they sold out Madison Square Garden the week of WrestleMania. In a show that they are co-branding with New Japan. Yes. The hottest non-WWE company in North America right yes. now. Yes. Okada, and because of that, Naito. they've got this like false sense of security when all of their biggest stars are either leaving or more affiliated with other shit right now than they are with Ring of Honor. So I'm I'm I mentioned, I mentioned to Kyle that um so you know the main event of final battles is gonna be Cody versus Jay Lethal. Cody, who is a master manipulator, so you have to take what he says with a grain of salt, but has said very audibly on his Twitter page that my first match in Ring of Honor was with Jay Lethal, my last match in Ring of Honor will be with Jay Lethal. I'm taking the title to free agency. Okay, cool. Well they just had a survival of the fitness tournament, right? Yeah. Who won? Yeah. Well, that dastardly heel himself, the villain, Marty Skrull. So, the survival of the fittest tournament, the purpose of that is to do what now? Sets a new number one contender for the championship. And Marty Skrull is a member of what group? The Elite. The, the Elite. Break it down. Um, And the Elite, their contracts end when now? Pretty sure the end of the year. And Final Battle is at the end of the year. So that would mean that Marty Skrull is not going to get a title shot. If you leave. Not unless it's hap- I mean, not unless it's happening at one of their randomly unannounced pay-per-views on a Friday. <laughs> Which happens to be like every other week. <laughs> so the point we're trying to make is, and like, this has become a thing only because it's funny, but we have ammo every week. And again, I want to I kind of feel like uh kind of feel like Jeff Daniels when he was uh playing um on the newsroom and he was attacking Republicans. He had to keep reminding people, I'm a registered Republican. So this is me doing this because I'm getting enjoyment out of it. I have to. Kyle subscribes to Honors Club. He is a Ring of Honor fan. 
So this isn't him bearing it because he hates them. Like, I hate Impact. So anything I say about them is coming from a place of hatred. Kyle loves Ring of Honor. I want them to be good, but they suck. Thanks. I want them to be good, but they suck. Did you did you see the the interview that the Sinclair CEO said about Ring of Honor? We have a nice little gym. <laughs> and then Joe Koff was like, "We're better than a gym. We're a little bigger than that." But were, are you? But well, are you? So so many of Ring of Honor's ills. Not some. Let me change that. A, a fair amount of Ring of Honor's ills aren't Ring of Honor's fault. No, they're not. They're Sinclair's fault. So if Sinclair's Sinclair, fault they got shit production values. It's Sinclair's fault that they're not on an actual fucking network. Because if Impact can maintain a fucking cable deal for this long, you can't tell me that Ring of Honor couldn't find some random ass bullshit channel to air their show at not midnight on Saturday. Makes sense to me, yeah. And, and and I bet that that network would even occasionally air commercials advertising the show. Well, what, we don't know what that is. That doesn't <laughs> exist at all. But very clearly, very clearly, if the CEO of the company that owns your company admits he doesn't even think of you as an asset, then I think we understand why things are happening the way they're happening. I mean... You know, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Your talent should not be able to market themselves better than you market them. Hey, man. Truer words have never been spoken. And that's not just for Ring of Honor. That's for every company. Yeah, your talent should not know how to market better than you do. Your job as the company is to do the marketing. And, and like, I'll, I'll give respect to companies like GCW who are a genuine indie, you know? Yeah, I'm not talking about, yeah, I'm not talking about the companies where the entire company is four people. Yeah, no, we're talking about corporately owned and branded companies. Yeah, we say it all the time. Sinclair is a billion dollar media conglomerate. They are second or third biggest media conglomerate in the country. They own the most amount of television stations. In the, in the country. Like, they have cash. Mm-hmm. There is no reason that the production values for Ring of Honor should still look so Bush League. Hey, man. I'm with you. Again, Impact is doing it better than you. Impact! Look, I, I, I'm I 100% with you, man. I, I, it doesn't make any sense. Um, I wanted to give a little levity between the two shows, so we had time for this moment. And that has been Watch Kyle Barry Ring of Honor. I'm going to get a drop for that. Okay. I'll and put fine. it in. That's going to be a thing. It's going to um, be a thing. <laughs> so, we have to speak about Survivor Series. Now, there Do we have to? We have to. You, Survivor <laughs> Series is going to be fire. It's one match in that card that nobody gives a trash about. Nobody gives a shit about. It's on the yeah. show. The There's others? one match that I don't give a shit about, but I know I'm the only person who don't give a shit about it. So yes, you are. Yes, and but you, it, I love that you can admit that. 
Um, I know that a lot of people are going to really care about that match when we get to talking about it, but I just am not here for it at all. Well, hey, man, that's what you have a podcast for. Bury, bury it if you want to. That's what you have a podcast for. Um, but I want to, before we can get there, I want to, I want to, I want to say this to these fans who like to talk a lot of trash about pay-per-view names and pay-per-view prestiges and legacies. And I, I remember that there was the Meltzer-esque reports that WWE was trying to phase out Survivor Series. They don't care about Survivor Series. Survivor Series has, over, of course, over the years, Survivor, let's not forget, Survivor Series was the second pay-per-view they ever had. Right? Yep. It was WrestleMania the Survivor Series. So it's yep. very important in WWE lore. But on top of that, um, so many big things have happened at Survivor Series, not just historically, but recently. The Shield debuted there. Goldberg made his return and squashed Brock Lesnar. Um, the the uh, two years ago when we had the amazing five on five. Like, there's been some really big things that have happened recently, right? So once again, we have another stacked Survivor Series card. And I realized that there wasn't enough time for the build, but the the, the which is just symptomatic of what we'd been talking about for a month mm-hmm. on the show, which is the problem of trying to promote six shows within a month of each other. One hundred percent. I mean, going back to between SummerSlam to now, there's been five, six pay per view, something like that. It's crazy. Yeah. It's it's it's, it's ridiculous. But I will say, if there was any show built to deal with this, it's this one, because there's no build-up Because it's needed. a gimmick. Yeah, it's, it's we a know straight it's the gimmick. gimmick. Yes, Raw versus SmackDown. So, like, understand, the show's going to be fire. The, the gimmick is fire. I understand people are literal, so it pisses them off when they say that the only time that Raw and SmackDown go head-to-head, so what? It's just a tagline. But I am exci- excited. We're going to pause that excitement as we talk about this pre-show bullshit. So, you know, you have your token matches. You have your world title versus world title, mid-card title versus mid-card title, women's title versus women's title, tag title versus tag title, men's 5-on-5, women's 5-on-5, and then you got the tag team 5-on-5. Do I need to mention the tag teams involved? We do because we got to have a discussion about the state of tag team wrestling on the main roster. Oh, boy. Okay. If you want, I'll do it. If you want, I'll do it. So, representing SmackDown. Do Raw first. Because SmackDown actually has legitimate tag teams. No, but that's why I want to do SmackDown first. Oh, yes, sir. Got you. Okay, so representing SmackDown, we've got the teams of Sanity, the Good Brothers, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, the New Day, the Usos, mm-hmm. and, and the those captains. Puerto Rican and the Puerto Ricans that'll never get fired, and who are great in the ring. Yes, have no charisma, terrible gimmicks, but will never get fired because of the family legacy. Yes. Primo and Epico. Yes, but all five of those are established tag teams, mm-hmm. with the exception of Sanity. All of those are tag teams who have won tag team titles within the last decade. Numerous. Multiple tag team titles. Yes. Within the last decade. The New Day and the Usos are two of the greatest tag teams this century, if not in the history of the company. Business. Um, 
So that's the SmackDown Five. And those tag teams, to them, I say, good day, sir. Respectability. Tip of the hat. Tip of the hat, yeah. tip of the hat to you. Because with them in the bar, SmackDown has a legitimate tag team division. Two hours of a legitimate tag team division, yes. Yes. Um, meanwhile, on Monday Night Raw, <laughs> we've got... I feel like I should play the... What's the Benny Hill music? I feel like I need to play that while we're doing this. Meanwhile, on Monday Night Raw, we've got the Lucha House Party. A.K.A. Lucha Booties. We've got Chad Gable and Bobby Roode. Who are the captains? Of the team. We've got um, the B team. Go, go, go. We've got the revival, and we've got the ascension. I would like to, before you say anything else, I'd like to mention that the most pushed team of the three of the five recently has been the ascension. Put that in perspective. Y'all, on Monday Night Raw not too long ago, they had a battle royal involving all of the tag teams on the Raw division. And it was like a highlight of everything wrong with the state of tag team wrestling on raw the raw tag team division gives dumpster fires a bad name the raw tag team division makes chugging drano seem like a better alternative that's rough but yes i feel like at this point the best thing we could do to the raw tag team division would be to bleach that shit and start from scratch. Goddamn. Because, let, like, with the exception of the Revival, just because I know how talented they are in the ring, and I think that if you got them a manager and gave them a better presentation, you could still do something with them, none of the rest of those tag teams are even remotely salvageable. The Revival is salvageable. No, I said with the exception of oh, the revival. You did. I'm sorry. Yes, you did. None of those other tag teams are salvageable. We can't salvage the B team anymore. You can't salvage Heath Slater and Rhino. You can't salvage the Ascension. Chad Gable and Bobby Roode aren't even a real tag team. And there's nothing redeemable at all about anything involving Kalisto. Amen to that. Like, the only tag team worth a shit on Monday Night Raw is AOP. And and I mean Drew and Dolph are technically a tag team, but yes, the only I regular. Mean, you tag know team. that I you know that I throw all the shade Drew McIntyre's way. Yes. So I am, but I I will admit my bias there. Everything I say about Drew McIntyre comes from a position of hate. I don't like Drew McIntyre at all. Never have have no use for him. <laughs> oh man! Well then, you're gonna love this five on five. We'll talk about it later. Um, can I throw some shade with you? Yeah. I would like to mention that the Raw Tag Team Division was so bad, they called up a tag team from 205 Live. Advertised the call-up. Now, mind you, Neville stayed at home for a year because they wouldn't let him wrestle on Raw. And they called the tag team up from 205 Live so they could have five tag teams. 
if that don't tell you where it's at. If that if if I'm Heath Slater, I'm so pissed right now <laughs> because they would rather put the Lucha Booties in the tag match than let Heath Slater and Rhino get that shine. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. That's great. Yo, Heath, oh. I'm telling you, man, the secret is to get fired. Jinder got fired and became WWE champion. Drew got fired, and all of a sudden, people like him and see something that I'm not seeing. <laughs> hey, man. So, yeah. Heath, you just got to get fired and then come back, and you'll be the universal champion in six months. Well, to be fair, Kurt Hawkins got fired, and they won a match since, so I don't know if that's such a good thing. I was talking about the three-man band, though. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> well, just Heath's luck. He will never get hired back. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Poor Heath. Poor Heath. Oh, God. the We, rot- I, we don't give a fuck. So I don't bad. give a fuck about this match, whatever. I mean, I'm, if the SmackDown Tag Team Division doesn't win this match, I'll be upset. But other than that, I don't care. I do. Okay, if I could say one redeeming thing about this match. The promo the Usos cut to announce the other tag teams was fire. And that's the and a great example of how you can cut a promo and get yourself over without having to shit on everybody else. Not just and that's yes, absolutely. I also want to add to that point is a perfect example of how you can make sense tag teams that got beef with each other but come together for a common goal. Because that's been a lot of the problem people have with these matches is that because a lot of people who hate each other all of a sudden want to join together and the good of the brand. But the Usos and how they were talking, how they were, they had their promo and their penitentiary backstage area. It was fire. Loved it. The Usos, put them in the Hall of Fame right now. Oh, yeah. I mean, the Usos deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. They're amazing. They're one, the Usos won the best in the business ever. Like, in the history of the business. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, I wasn't joking when I said Usos and New Day are two of the best yeah. of the century, if not of all time. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, man, they're great. Um, yeah, Smack. I, we don't even have to predict this shit. Like SmackDown's winning. Yeah. SmackDown. I, I will give. I'll give a prediction though. Bobby Roode turns on Chad Gable. I could buy it. Bobby Roode should turn heel because face Bobby Roode is ridiculous. We know that. They know that enough that he went from being like one of the bigger stars on SmackDown to being the final guy to get called up to get. Mood in the survivor in the what's it called the sh- the showcase showdown what's it called when... superstar showdown that shit yeah the superstar shakeup whatever something with some alliteration with the s that WWE has a thing with alliterative s's um from all that to like him and Jinder Mahal have had they've been like we- we'll get to y'all when we get to y'all <laughs> so Bobby Roode is tag teaming with the guy who wasn't even on the show they're gonna show but you. who should be but who should be. Because Chad Gable's great. Chad Gable's great, man, but... (sighs) You know, I don't wish 205 Live on most people, but I feel like that would be a step up for Chad from where he's at right now. And see, I'm I'm on the other side. He's to be utilized more often. I agree, and he'd be great on 205 Live. I'm on the other side of that because you you know how I feel about 205 Live. I feel like 205 Live is an unpolished gym that's waiting to make money for them. They just have to make the right decisions and put the right people and give it the right attention. Chad Gable going would be a guy who could help do part of that. Cause he's amazing. Um, yeah, but just on the main, like 
Remember when him and Gender had a little mini feud for like three weeks, and he walked up on Gender and like he looked like a child. He's That's... he's so short, and without the like he's got a lot of charisma. I don't mean he doesn't have charisma, but he doesn't have enough to make up for that lack of size. He's he's mini Kurt Angle in every respect, but in not just in wrestling, but in personality because they have similar personalities. But the difference is, Kurt's personality was so big that it was like out of this world big. Chad's just looks like, you know, like corny dad. And it is not big enough. Um, and he needs to cut his fucking hair. He ain't gonna do that shit because he... I know he's a, not gonna do that shit, but damn, he looks like a fucking douche. Well, okay, I'll do this for you. How about this? Don't cut his hair, but sell the headbands with Gable on them. Okay. Somebody would buy that. Yeah. Ready, willing, and Gable. Ready, willing, yeah. Well, I'm glad he got rid of that fucking towel. That was the shittiest. I hated that towel. Um, and I fuck with towels. I like people. Taz, Samoa Joe, Shayna. I love people with towels, but that damn towel. If you have your towel monogrammed, you're a douche. Yeah. I'm just saying. Like, yeah. like the old story about JBL about why he started wearing the towel inside his jacket. He was working out and he saw a dude doing that. He was and he instantly was pissed off because that's like the most douchiest shit ever. So he started doing it. That's the same thing with a monogram towel. It's just douchey. Yeah, this is true. This is true. Uh, yeah. So now we've got we have cleansed ourselves. This motherfucker said bleach the whole division. Just bleach that shit. <laughs> Break out the pine saw. Oh my god! Jesus Christ! Spring cleaning. Oh man! <laughs> Lemon oh. pledge all the way. I. I <laughs> I, I wanted I wanted to let it be known that that was Kyle that said that I didn't say it although I support my brother. <laughs> um, That's all right. I stand by it. Fuck I, it. I don't revival J O P and a bunch of geeks. But that's what that's like. That's WWE tag team wrestling in the 2010s. Yeah. In a nutshell. Yep. We need to have a tag team. We need to have a tag team edition and just really break down what the fuck is up with tag teams. And how we can fix it. That might be one of my next columns and my little series I'm doing. We might do that. There you go. Um, yeah. So let's get to the main card, man. And so, we've yeah. got, like I said, we've cleansed ourselves. The main card's fire. And I'm, we're going to start off with the one match that has nothing to do with Ring of Honor. Not Ring of Honor. With Raw SmackDown. And might be, for a lot of diehard fans, the one match that they know is going to deliver the most. The Cruiserweight Champion, Buddy Murphy, against who might be the hottest dude, keyword dude, in the entire company right now, Mustafa Ali, for the Cruiserweight title, man. If you've seen their prior matches, boy, let me tell you. So now they're on the main, they're on the main card of a Big Four pay-per-view? Yeah, they're about to do work. It's going to be a great match. I know absolutely nothing about the story because I don't have time to watch 205 Live, so I have no idea what the build is for the match. I know it'll be a great match because they're two amazing, amazing people in the ring with great chemistry together, and they're going to go all out with the probably 15 minutes that they get afforded. Um, I think Buddy Murphy will probably win because they just gave him the title. So, and to my knowledge, this is one of his first defenses. So I think he'll probably pull out the win. But um, yeah, it'll be really good. I think that I have Buddy Murphy losing. 
and you, most of you guys know Buddy's my guy. I was singing Buddy's praises when he was the when he was the headliner of the Largo Loop. Buddy's my guy. Um, but the Ali story is so fascinating because Ali has done this thing. He for first of all, Adil Alim, I think I said his name right. If I didn't, I apologize. Is shown himself to be one of the best humans walking the fucking earth. Mustafa Ali as a human being is amazing. The things he's doing, the stuff he's trying to represent and stand up for, like he's amazing. I think he's and he's trying to paint um, Muslim people and Middle Eastern people in a better light than they've been looked at and all this. And you know, if you know the story of how he started off, he started off as a heel because he had to be a heel because everybody thinks. Middle Eastern guy, heel, and uh, but he wanted so hard to be a face because he wanted the people to like him and show he's different. Anyway, none of this matters in the moment right now, but I just want to say that um, that dude is amazing as a human. He's amazing in the ring, and the story of him going through... I mean, if you watch Sami Zayn's Road to Redemption in NXT, this is this times 10. He has beaten everybody. He's been beaten down. He's had to go through every big star. He got to the top of the top of the top at WrestleMania and lost to his best friend and was like, all right, cool, and picked himself back up by his bootstraps and started from the bottom again. I feel like he's going to win here to cement that final, to beating literally the guy they call the Juggernaut. And then Cedric Alexander is going to turn heel on him. And we head into Cedric Ali at WrestleMania again, only roles reversed. Ali coming as champ, Cedric as a heel. And I feel like it starts Sunday. I mean, you know better than me because you watch 205. So, like, I will not dispute any of that. I will say that if they want Buddy Murphy to stop pretending to be a cruiserweight, um, I would welcome his fire-ass chemistry with everyone that he touches on the main roster. Well, Buddy's definitely, Buddy's definitely the one guy that can move tomorrow and no matter about an eye, because physically he matches. Well, and because his whole story going into 205 was that he had to cut weight to become a cruiserweight. So, yeah. like, yeah, he can uh, he can go to Raw where they need more mid-card talent, or he can go to SmackDown where they just need more talent in the singles ranks, period. And if he, if he goes to Raw, it'd be perfect because him and Alex could be together more, and he could save his wife, he could save his fiance from Braun. Because Braun is looking at her like a snack. And he needs to save his relationship. Would you want to go toe-to-toe with Braun, sir? I don't want to go toe-to-toe with Buddy Murphy. And I'm bigger than him. Yeah, but... Braun. So I'm saying, if I don't want to go toe-to-toe with Buddy, I damn sure don't want to go toe-to-toe with Braun. I wouldn't fight Braun Strowman's beard. No, no. Nope. Nope. Uh, so, prediction, sir. Who you got? Um, I told you I had Buddy. Buddy, okay. Yes, and I have Mustafa Ali. Just, I'm just yes. reiterating for the people. Yes, I got Buddy. Okay, uh, so let's talk the five on fives and then we'll get to the title matches. Fair? Oh, I was going to do, I thought we were going to do them in order of importance. Well, okay, well, what matches next in your eyes? The tag team? Well, I mean, no, the least important match to me next to this is the mid-card titles because the U.S. title is less than nothing. Okay, so I feel you, but this isn't, this is, this, the, the titles don't matter in this because... Oh, I mean, names, like... The names 
alone, is, this is a dream match. Is, I do you not so. think so? I mean, at this point, at this point, nothing Shinsuke does is a dream to me because to me, Shinsuke's washed. I don't think he's washed. I think he. I think he's washed because he does, and that's why I think he's washed. He's washed because he doesn't care. That's and if he doesn't care, he's gonna phone it in. And if he's gonna phone it in, then why should I care? Look, I'm 100% with that. But I said I think Seth to win that match. Well, I have Shinsuke winning because Ambrose is lurking, but. Uh, I'm with you 100% in that the whole thought process about Shinsuke if he's not going to do, do yes but Shinsuke is always up for big matches and this is a match that he came here specifically for he wanted this match how much time do you think they're going to get 20 minutes that's enough I guess yeah that's enough for them to have a good match Every, every it's a four hour card seven matches on the card <laughs> you know so and very clearly the so the Lesnar match is going to be like five minutes. We know that. Hopefully, Jesus. Um, we know the five on, men's five on five is going to get about forty-five minutes. Women's five on five is probably going to get about forty minutes, maybe thirty-five. You know, entrances, backstage skits. I feel like every match, like every match is going to get at least, except for the Lesnar match, is going to get at least ten to fifteen. Okay. And, yeah. and I, just... I think they opened the show with this match right now since Shinsuke probably. Probably because Seth is so hot, like perfect for a hot opener for a show. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna pick Seth, and then I think Dean will attack after the win. Yes, I'm gonna pick Seth because in the next match, the tag team match, I'm picking the Bar. Okay, so I'm the exact opposite. Um, well, let's we can move on to the next one because we can talk about them together. I'm gonna pick AOP. AOP. Raw Tag Champs versus The Bar, SmackDown Tag Team Champs. The kind of the interesting thing about this match is the heat is at ringside. Eddie Bitty Drake Maverick against Hughes, the big show. That's going to be a sight to see because you know they're well, going to be the other outside. thing that's interesting is for a change, Sheamus and Cesaro are the small ones. And, and, and they'll be the faces in this match. More or less, yeah. AOP just can't be faces. They just can't. They're, they're monsters. Um, I'm, Can't is a tough word. More like more than likely they won't be. Um, I'm picking AOP to win this match because some semblance of the Raw Tag Division has to show that they're that they're competent. Oh, see, I'm all in on the SmackDown burial of the division, but I mean, <laughs> the reason I'm pick no, but the reason I'm picking the bar is because Sheamus and Cesaro's resumes as individuals are such, and as a team are such that. I can't see AOP beating them yet. Oh, it's going to be shenaniganry, bro. Yeah, but I mean, even with shenaniganry, unless that shenaniganry is that Big Show's secretly not with them at all, um, I don't I, see... I just, I don't know. I picked the bar. I, I can see Drake doing some Leo Rush type stuff and that he gets himself sacrificed and tricks, and not tricks, but uh, distracts Big Show and which ends up distracting Cesaro, Sheamus, and last chapter, some bullshit like that. I wish the next, I wish the next chapter of his life would distract Big Show, and that he would stop competing, because he scares me when I see him walk or try to walk. Dog, I like he I, can't like bend his knees at all. On SmackDown, after he pinned, uh, was it Woods? Yeah. When he pinned Woods. 
he struggled for like 10 seconds to get up off the pin. And I was like, show. Stop, dude. Just stop. Now, I will say this. I don't mind him in the capacity he's in as long as he doesn't wrestle. No, like, I don't mind him be. When I say next chapter, like, his next chapter could be as a manager. His next chapter could be as an agent. His next chapter could be as a booker. Like, I'm not wishing for Big Show to go away. Like, go away, Randy Orton. Just go away. I'm, I'm <laughs> wishing gonna play for, a part in the show later on. I'm wishing for the attitude era people to stop doing this because it's getting sad. I mean, I don't, it's not that I don't, it's not that I don't, I don't agree with you. I'm just not at the sad point yet. Um, for me, watching them physically is where I, is what's sad for me. It's not even so much about the in ring itself. It's like, Gosh, I, I remember these people at the peak of their physical prowess, and right. now they all remind me of Scott Hall. No, and, and that's where I'm at. Like, I understand that, and it's not that I disagree with that, because I, I agree with that, but I also... So Big Show's unique in that, like, we're not talking Taker, who is putting himself through full-on matches, and is, like, getting, like going through, like, full-on, brutal-ass matches every time he wrestles. Like, this show's doing like light work i don't i don't want him to do that either but um i, I show just, is also y'all whether you want to admit it or not show is one of the greatest big men of all time amen to that amen um yeah he'll and he'll definitely he's already a spokesman now but he'll definitely be a, a spokesman for the company oh yeah i, I just instant yeah, i'm with you man I, I feel what you're saying i i would like show to kind of just keep it out of the ring yeah, just phase out your ring work, man. So you can stay in the product. You can stay on television. You can do all sorts of other shit involved with the company, but like, never step foot in the ring competitively again. So you have the bar and yep. Seth. I have Shinsuke and AOP. Yes. So what's next in, in your order of importance? Now we can start talking about the five on fives. Okay. Women's five on five first. Cool with you? Yeah, that's fine with me. That's fine with me. Um, well, in one of the most iconic uh, moments on Raw, hi- not Raw history, but in Raw mi- recent history. And one of the uh, most iconic moments in women's wrestling history. Well, the, the I wouldn't say the beatdown was. I would say everything Becky did, yes. The rest of the roster wasn't much. But no, yeah. fuck that. I'm talking Becky's part in that yes. whole thing. That is one of the most iconic moments in women's wrestling. 100%. 100%. Um, but yeah, SmackDown Women Jump, the Raw, the raw Women, um, as, um, as uh, Alexa, who is the manager of the group, you know, she's injured, concussion syndromes and whatnot, um, symptoms but uh actually just announced the roster um and it was a fun beat down becky did her thing becky killed it but they kind of submitted themselves that they're ready to strike um with becky being hurt and charlotte being off the team and being put in the ronda rousey match they're one person short so before we even talk about the match and we predict Who's the fifth? Shayna, Shayna, Shayna. That's who I want it to be. I don't actually think it's gonna be Shayna Baszler. That's who That'd I want. Be, a, be amazing, wouldn't it be? That is who I want it to be so badly. 
I've like thought it in my head already. I want Kyrie to win the two out of three falls match, and I want Paige to come out and talk about how Charlotte's going to be in that match, and so they needed a fifth woman, and so she went and she searched and she found a fifth woman, and then boom, Shayna comes, and the match ends with Shayna choking Nia's ass out because Nia's going to be the last person left on Raw because she's huge. Nia's going to be the first person eliminated. I'm okay with that because I'm not like I don't hate Nia Jax the way a lot of people do, even with what she did to Becky. But like, I don't but, I don't really care about Nia. But, it's, but this is gonna be a little small punishment. It you know it's not a big deal. Um, okay, so you wanted to be Shannon, but who do you think is gonna be? Uh, either Mandy or the other iconic. Either Mandy or Billy. Nikki Cross, brother. Oh yeah, I forgot about Nikki. I forgot she debuted recently. Okay, yeah, Nikki. Nikki Cross. Um, help me understand something. Okay. You don't watch Raw very much. You tried to, but you stopped since Reznor came back. Yeah, no. Fuck Understandably. that. I, I, I understand it. I'm never going to stop watching, but I get no, it. I no, I have. Um, so, Alexa, who is willingly healed, Picked a all heel team essentially, and uh, Tamina and Nia, who are a tag team now. Mickey Can I just with... say that I forgot Tamina was apparently a Raw superstar? Well, she just came back from injury, so that's that's understandable. It's not like she's been around for seven, eight, nine months on Raw. Like she's just been on like three episodes of Raw since Evolution, so it's okay. You, you're not you're you're okay for feeling that for not knowing that. Um, and Mickey James, who's 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 Alexis Ace. She picked Natty, and but then she had the match where Sasha had to fight Bailey to see who'd be the fifth member, and they jumped them both, beat the hell out of them, just to bring Ruby out and made Ruby the fifth person. But Ruby cracked Natty's daddy's glasses earlier in the night, which caused Natty to have a breakdown. So the question is. Why is Natty even on the team when you just basically burying all the faces? Why a lot of things about what you just said. Okay. Duly noted. Uh, like, we're... <sighs> the reason they had to jump zone Becky and Sasha is because if the SmackDown women are going to win this match, which is potentially what they're building towards... You can't have Nia and Bailey and Sasha all on that team because the star power doesn't line up. I agree one hundred percent. But it's I just I, I just I'm just thinking about the match and thinking about seeing Massive Hill Nia Nia Lynch, Nia Jax, Massive Hill Tamina Snooker, Massive Hill Ruby Riot, Massive Hill well. Yeah, Massive Hill, Mickey James, Massive Hill, Alexa Bliss on the on the outside, and Natty. Natty's changed a character more than anybody, so like you know it She's works. A female Big Show. Yep. Um, I mean, the SmackDown teams all over the place. You got Superface Asuka and Superface Naomi, and then you've got heel-ish Sonya and Super Heel Peyton. Peyton on the team. I thought it was Peyton, not Billy. 
Neither of the iconics are on the team. I don't think. I thought the I thought one of the iconics was on the team. Then who the fuck is on the team? Sonia and Oscar and Naomi. Who else is on? Is it Lana? Please tell me it's not fucking Lana. I don't think I'm looking it up now. We should we should have had this information for you guys. We we sorry. Say so please tell me it's not Lana. Survivor Series. Carmella, 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 Sonya, and Oscar. Yeah. Well, I guess Carmella's a face now, so she's very clearly a face, and Sonya's turning face. Sonya should be a face. Put your hair up and square up is a badass catchphrase. It's a badass catchphrase, and her story. What she what she oh, means yeah. for the LBGTQ. I was gonna community. say she's such a great advocate for the community. I love me some Sonya. Sonya's amazing. And ready made ready made feud with Mandy. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and she's got enough of an MMA background that she's legit. Yeah, I mean, if you remember, I thought that she would be Ronda's first feud. Yeah, like Sonya's got enough of an MMA background that she is legit. If she continues to improve in the ring. Which is another thing I like about Sonya, more so than Mandy. Like, of the girls that they brought in to be Paige's heavies, Sonya has continued to improve in the ring. Mandy continues to rely on being a hot piece of ass. With yeah, porn but, music. But that hot piece of ass with porn music really gets the job done. I, I mean, I, I know it does nothing for you. We're looking for different things, man. We are. We're looking for different things. If I have the choice between badass LGBT fighter and... Porn music, I'm gonna go with the badass LGBT fighter. That's fair, if, but also in, in 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 my in my defense, if I had the <laughs> choice between uh uh between Magic Mike esque Tyler Bate and badass P Dunn, I'm rocking with P Dunn. So yeah, I mean you're entitled to your wrong opinion. <laughs> I'm gonna get it. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I understand. Different strokes, man. Different, different strokes. strokes for different. I and I accept one hundred percent. Oh, <laughs> uh, I accepted 100. Who you got? Um, in the, I think the SmackDown women will win this match. Because they normally, I mean, realistically, we're going to have split decisions because they normally are tied going into the five-on-five. Five. Who will, okay, so SmackDown wins. I agree. I have SmackDown winning too. Who's the sole survivors? Um, well, if SmackDown's going to win, the survivors are going to be some combination of Asuka, Naomi, and whoever the fifth person is. It might only be two of them. If it's only one of them, then the sole survivor is obviously the Empress of Tomorrow. I disagree with that. I think that that is... They like to really mix things up in these Survivor Series matches. They like to do some surprises. Asuka's going to be one of the first eliminated. Not the first eliminated in the match, but one of the first match people eliminated. Naomi's going to be the sole survivor. I mean, I'm on board with that. Naomi is a two-time women's champion. Naomi is awesome. And Naomi is hashtag relationship goals. By the way, um, it might be Naomi and Nikki Cross together because if Nikki's debuting, she's not losing. Um, yeah, Yes, and Naomi is relationship goals. Mind you, for those of you listening, we didn't, I didn't ask who's going to be the sole survivor of the tag team 5 on 5 because we don't give a fuck. Nope, do not um, care. Shout out to the Usos, though, and the New Day. Yep, and the New Day. 
And uh, the Good Brothers, even. I'll give them a shout out. All the SmackDown tag teams, really. And yeah. Revival, we feel, we're with you. We're sorry. We're sorry, Revival. We yes. are. Keep fighting the good fight. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's time. We got to move to the men's 5-on-5. Five five, and this is the most convoluted piece of stuff. This fucking match. I, hey, I, it's going to be great. It's still going to be great. But it is it Yeah, is out but, there. like, damn. So... Uh, First Daniel... of all, go away, Shane McMahon. <laughs> did you did you read the, did you read the story that uh before uh, Daniel turned heel that um the match was scheduled to be Daniel versus Shane at WrestleMania? <laughs> we dodged a bullet on that one. <laughs> they might just flip it. Shane is the best in the world, so don't forget that. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Shane is oh. trying to make trying to turn me against my beloved SmackDown. Hey, something's gonna do it eventually. So on the Raw side, we have Braun Strowman, Dolph Ziggler, Drew McIntyre, Finn Balor, and Bobby Lashley with Baron Corbin as the captain. So we've got Drew McIntyre and a bunch of glorified geeks and geeks to stars. First and foremost, I will never call Braun Strowman a geek because he'll find you. I will because this motherfucker loses every big match. Braun Strowman will find your ass in South Carolina. Good Braun night. Strowman is a jobber to the stars. That was Kyle. <laughs> that was I have your back on everything. I, you are you on your own on that one. You got to step out on faith Shit. on that one, homie. I, uh, Shit. Uh, Braun Strowman <laughs> would break me in half with his pinky. Yeah, but I he's still his character has been destroyed. I can't take it seriously anymore. I'm almost there. I'm not quite there yet, but I feel where you're coming from. I'm, I mean, I'm on the road to being there. Let's put it like that. Braun Strowman should have should be better than this, but he's not now. That's Drew the main conversation for the day. That team. Yes, Drew absolutely. Is the star of that team, and I and hate I, to have to say that, but it's the fact. And low key Finn because Finn's gonna do the work. Finn's gonna Finn and Dolph are gonna do the legwork. Yeah, probably. Um, and on the on SmackDown side, you have the best in the world, best in the world. Shane on the McMahon. SmackDown side, we've got the Miz and a bunch of old folks. How about well, shit, the Miz is old himself. The Miz is like 30, 37, <laughs> whatever he is. Yeah, but like the Miz is at least a modern era star. I mean, like it's the Miz and. <laughs> A bunch of holdovers from the last two eras. Shane McMahon, Rey Mysterio, Samoa Joe, and Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy replaced Daniel Bryan, who furthers your theory. <laughs> yeah, yes. so we've got Jeff Hardy, an Attitude Era holdover. We've got Samoa Joe, who's really from Jeff's generation of wrestlers. He just spent that career in TNA. We've got Rey Mysterio, whose career goes so far back. We're talking ECW, WCW star Rey Mysterio. Mm-hmm. And Shane ain't nothing too high for me to jump off of McMahon. Cocaine Shane. So it's Cocaine Shane. So it's the Miz and the old folks home versus Drew, Drew Finn, and the Geeks. Oh, if you ever was... If you want, if you ever want your matches broken down on your podcast, call Kyle. <laughs> He's available. I mean, I mean, that's why. But that's why Raw's gonna win. Like, let's be real here. Yeah, SmackDown's team might have a bunch of Hall of Famers slash future Hall of Famers because Jeff will be in the Hall of Fame, Ray will be in the Hall of Fame, 
Miz will be in the Hall of Fame. All five of them will be. Probably. Shane, Shane is the best in the world. He's going. He's and the first ballot Hall of Famer. And eventually they're going to buy that tape library from Impact, so Samoa Joe will get in on those merits. Um, but anyway, in spite of all of that, there's way more star power on the Raw side. Like, Braun may be a glorified geek, but Braun's still a bigger star than any of those motherfuckers right now. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. I mean, if we're talking stars right now, I think Braun and Drew are the biggest, and then with Miz right in third. Um, if you're just listening of one to ten. I disagree with you, my brother. I think SmackDown sweeps all the five on fives. All right. Let me tell you why. Ain't happened ever, well, in a long time if ever, and it's going to further the, the raw turmoil of Corbin Angle, who's the general manager, this and that, and they love that shit. I hate it, but they love that shit. Who's Who's your manager today? It's like, it's like a ever. It's like, it's like. Have you ever watched those episodes of Mari where you have the girl come in and she came, She's been tested like thirty-five times and brought like twenty-five dudes on the show and none of them were the baby daddy. I mean, this it, is the general manager search on Raw. Yeah, but I mean, Raw hasn't had a consistent general manager since Eric Bischoff. That's what I'm saying because they keep getting tested. That's been a raw the trope. They keep, they keep, they keep finding the chick. They keep thinking they got a baby with her. Turns out they're not the baby daddy. They dance off to the next to the next guy comes in. This is just an episode of Mari. That's been Raw's trope forever in a day. Like, I mean, shit, it was such a trope that they had the fucking anonymous general manager. Then they had the weekly guest, the yes. guest host era. Like, Ross Day not having a general manager. And and Baron Corbin about to get fired and start wrestling again. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I know you, you'd like that Oof. part. Oof. Um, but I think SmackDown wins because... Of my least favorite person on the SmackDown roster? Shane's not going to win. Miz is going to be the sole survivor, but I think Miz No, dude, Shane... you know who my least favorite person on the SmackDown roster is? Go away. Oh, no. Just Randy, go away. No, no, no. Randy Orton's going to be the reason Rey Mysterio gets, gets eliminated. Randy's coming in and, and he's going to RKO, RKO uh, Ray, probably off a springboard, and they'll pin Ray and Ray's gone. Like, that's the few going going in for the next couple months. Those two. So, no, he's he's going to be the He's going to help Raw, actually. Um, yes, I, I was thinking in the five on five, so that's why I didn't think of Randy. Um, yeah, I think we're leading to a Miz Shaman Man feud. <sighs> My point is, can we just get him the title already? Well, when Daniel Bryan speaks, apparently, fuck the, Daniel Bryan. Apparently, the waters just just part. Man, fuck Daniel Bryan. I don't understand why everybody loves Daniel Bryan so fucking much. I do not get it. I've never gotten it. I didn't get it back when the Yes Movement was starting in 2012. I don't get it now. So, well, okay, hold on. We'll talk about that in a minute because I do want to. I, I want to talk about that last. Or do you want to talk about the women's match last? I want to talk about the women's match last because for me, the women's match, even with Becky's injury, is still the main event to me. Okay. So yeah, so um, I 
you know uh, you know my history but for those of you listening some of you might not a bunch of you do um a big part of my profile as a writer was built on the back of being the daniel bryan hater and i never hated the guy personally i mean i hate oh, i don't hate him as a person like i right. got nothing against brian danielson you gotta I... say that shit right yeah um and, and and i didn't even hate his i didn't even hate him as a wrestler per se i had never when i started di- not dissing him but writing columns against him i had never seen him work my issue was i didn't like that people called him the best wrestler in the world when he's toiling away in ring of honor the way i see it no matter how good you are, if you're not in the best of the best, then you can't call yourself the best. That was my thought process. Like, I don't care how good some dude is hooping in 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 in, in the gym. If you're not doing it on the main stage in the NBA, you're not the best play, basketball player in the world. The way I, that's the way my mind works, right? Anyway, long story short, I grew to enjoy, I grew to enjoy Daniel Bryan as I do now. I grew to like Daniel Bryan. I grew to actually care about the dude uh, as a character and all this, that, and the other. I, I understood the purpose of the Yes Movement. I got it. I understood why it was there, but it didn't do nothing for me. It, 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 it did nothing for me. I'm a, Reigns, I'm a Reigns fan. I'm a Shield fan. It didn't do shit for me. So I'm with you. I It don't do nothing for me. I understand it, but it does nothing for me. But I don't understand why people expected, as soon as Daniel Bryan came back, he was cleared, which legitimately is one of the biggest shocks in wrestling history. And great, and is wonderful. Like, hooray! I'm so glad that he's healthy enough to get back to something that yes. he loves doing. Like, I support that. But Daniel Bryan is a cancer to SmackDown. Cancer. Well, before we get to the cancer part, I don't understand why fans expected that he was gonna all of a sudden be a, the world champ immediately and be the top guy all over again. Like, you gotta prove he can stay healthy. Because people legitimately have a problem with how he's been booked from late March to now. Well, he didn't sign a contract until two months ago. And he had to prove he could be healthy. But he's had every match he's wanted. He's wrestled Samoa Joe. He's wrestled Andrade Cianomas. He's wrestled Shinsuke Nakamura. He wrestled AJ Styles numerous times. He's wrestled everybody he's wanted to wrestle. So now, and this is another thing that shows people think that Vince don't like Daniel. Daniel's being buried. WWE doesn't care about Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan walked up to Vince and said, I'm not going to Saudi Arabia because I don't believe in what they do. They didn't let him, they told him he doesn't have to go. And then three weeks later, he wins the championship on SmackDown. Daniel said, I want to turn heel. What does they do? They turn him heel. They, but they don't like him? So now let's talk. Go, go, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no. I was going to say, oh, yeah, no, that part, that's total bullshit. Like, the fans are just saying shit because they don't like the way that it's going well and we have to point that out before we even get to the cancer part because again people are going to take their assumptions and shit like that but we need to point these things out in factual evidence of the truth now explain why you say daniel bryan is a cancer because you know i agree daniel bryan is a cancer to smackdown because daniel bryan no matter what you try to do with Daniel Bryan, they make him the focus of the show, and it takes away from everything else going on. Part of the problem with AJ Styles' title reign is that AJ Styles was never the star of SmackDown. Mm -hmm. It was all on Miz versus Daniel Bryan. And I mean, I mark hard for The Miz. I love The Miz. I'm not upset that the miz is a focal point of that show because the miz should be a focal point of that show because the miz is a fucking star but 
Daniel Bryan looms so large over everybody else on that show that it made it impossible for them to push anything else. And so for that reason, Daniel Bryan was a cancer to the top of the SmackDown card. And for all the people complaining about AJ Styles being a mid-card WWE champion, blame your boy Daniel Bryan. Because your boy Daniel Bryan was out here putting AJ in his fucking shadow. The top feud of, of, of SmackDown for a good portion of the year, is for, for the end of last year, beginning of this year, was Kevin and Sammy versus Bryan and, and Shane. That was the main feud of the show, of the company. AJ won the title in November. Brian, um, Brian jumped into that feud around November-ish until Mania. So going into Mania, the dream match of all dream matches, right? AJ Shinsuke in WWE at WrestleMania. Right? Overshadowed by Brian and Shane versus KO and Sammy. Then, as soon as that's over, they do the superstar shakeup, and now we launch into first they do Brian versus Big Cast. That got some time, but you know, I don't even remember what AJ was even fucking doing at that point. He that's was how. In the dick. There we go. That was Dick Kick Saga. Um, Which apparently, I feel like you know how the the story of Achilles. Mm-hmm. Mr. History Teacher, how he was perfect except for his yep. Achilles tendon. Yeah, he's perfect in every way except for his balls. Yep, gets kicked in the dick all the fucking time. Um, so then, as soon as that's over, we launched into the Brian Miz feud, and that overshadowed AJ. So AJ is a mid card champion because of Daniel Bryan. Facts only, brother. You're you're speaking what absolute truth. And so, you know, the one good thing about Daniel Bryan now being WWE champion is at least that shadow that he casts over the rest of the show is warranted because he's the champ. And so let me touch on this. I need to full disclosure. I am I am a guy who loves heel wrestling. I have never been a fan of faces. I, I find most faces to be repulsive. And boring, especially I've, face Daniel because he's corny as shit. Well, yeah, but I mean, I don't. I, I was. Never, I've always preferred no Daniel to yes Daniel. Well, I just I, I hate the underdog trope. I can't stand it. I hate the underdog trope. I hate it with a passion. Um, but again, I'm one person. I I under I'm I'm always been the guy who understands why things happen, and accepts why. Right, but th- so there is this thing apparently where the hill turn seems to be chic right now, right? Gargano turned heel. Becky turned heel. Um, Becky turned interesting and amazing, and Becky is wonderful. Well, call call a spade a spade. Becky first turned heel, then turned amazing. Yeah, you're right. I'm just call saying. Call a spade a spade. I'm um, just saying. Yes. Um, and now Brian. Uh, I feel like I'm missing another person too, but yeah. But I I want to say this that everybody who's turned recently. This isn't a people want to say that WWE sucks and they're they they don't know what they want to do and their the writing team sucks and their writing team does deserve a fair amount of criticism very often. But number one, Brian Daniel Bryan went to Vince directly and asked for this. So if you hate the move, then it once again hate your boy Brian because he chose to do this. This was his choice. But number two, you have to understand 
and everybody that's turned heel in, in this past few months, right? They've been, oh, Dean Ambrose is the other. They've essentially been career faces. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, Ambrose has been a face in 2014. Yeah. Becky's been a face since she stopped doing the Irish jig at that takeover. Literally. Yeah. Right? Brian's been Becky a face. Becky was a perpetual yeah. face. Yes. Brian's been a face since uh Team Hell No. But Rance, these are faces I like to cheer for. How could WWE turn them? It makes me feel sad. Well, this is my response to you, uh, young strapping IWCer. If you want them to give a fuck about who you want to cheer, then stop cheering who you want. But Rance, they told me that I was part of the show and that I'm supposed to cheer for who I want to. You are part of the show, and they got the right to be. They are the show, so they got the right to do what they want and make money. By the way, Mr. I, Mr. I, Young's Traffic IWC here, remember when you were complaining to me a few weeks ago about Becky Lynch and now she's the biggest star in the company that you say? But Rance, why are you making me think about things that I said? Oh, I'm well, supposed to change my mind. Oh, I'm so, I'm sorry for living in the real world. I apologize. I forgot this is, forgot this is Twitter, social media. Things don't matter. Yeah, y'all, we got the receipts. I'm, the facts are there, brother. I'm telling you, like, like I, I got, I don't, I don't have the best memory, but I remember when people disagree with me, and and I know I'm right. Like, I, I under, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not the arrogant guy who's gonna tell you I know I'm right, but if I believe I'm right, I'm gonna fight for it until you prove me wrong. Like, I, how many? There were not many podcasts out here saying that. Wait for Becky. Wait for this. Wait for that. You know who was? The Outsider's Edge, bitches. I tell you, man. So, Brian is a heel. And have have y'all watched American Dragon, Brian? Again, heel Brian is more interesting. The only thing about heel Brian that upsets me, the only thing about the entire situation that genuinely upsets me is a personal thing. I am Team Miz, and I wanted Mike Mizanin to have that fucking title before Brian did. And, well, and I know, but I know that's a personal thing, and that's sure. just me. And I agree with that. And I feel like Brian. I feel like I don't want to call it a. I don't want to call it a, a lifetime achievement award like Mark Henry got, or Kane got. I don't want to call it that because Mike is still in his prime. But for what Mike's gone through and done the past few years, I feel like he deserved it before Brian. But if nothing else, this proves one one concrete thing. The Miz has always been telling the truth. We told you Daniel Bryan We've was the entire time. We've been telling you for time. months, y'all, that The Miz was the face. We've been telling y'all for months that The Miz was the face. They, they're going to start. They're going to learn to start listening to us, Kyle. How long? The entire time we're like, y'all, The Miz is the face here, with the exception of throwing the fake baby. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a heel move. That With was, the exception that was... of that, the entire time we were telling y'all, Miz is just out here trying to promote his show, and that dastardly Daniel Bryan <laughs> keeps showing up, just attacking motherfuckers for no apparent reason. And in defense of the fake baby baby moment, Bryan came out there to fight that man while he was holding his baby. Yeah, so that was actually yeah, this man a smart came move. Came out here to attack someone holding a baby. <laughs> so in in hindsight, that was smart to have a fake one. You know, 
we've been telling them the Miz is the face, Daniel Bryan's the heel. They don't want to listen. Hey, you want to know, know what the best part about this conversation is? We're still not talking about the shitty match that we don't care about. No, no, that we've talked maybe ten minutes about Daniel Bryan, and he's gonna get squashed in five. Next. <laughs> Here's the question. Here's the question. I'm gonna give you an over under. The okay. over under on F fives is three. Two. Two. Under. under. For two reasons. Number one, Vince is gonna be like, "Don't kill him." Oh no, I think he's gonna do F fives instead of Germans for that reason. Because I think that Brock, if he does too many Germans, will ragdoll Daniel by accident, like he did Sunil Singh. Yes, because Daniel's going to leap to sell that shit. Yeah. And with the neck head injuries, I think they're going to lean more F5s than Germans. But, I mean, it's a Brock Lesnar match, so we know that those are the only two moves that he's going to use. Yeah, actually, that's a good point. Yeah, I, yeah, I can't remember last time I saw him use a regular move. But the you know who I feel bad for, though? You know who I feel bad for? AJ. Fans who didn't get to see him in 2002 who don't know that Brock knows how to do a lot of fucking moves. Oh, I don't know that Brock, Brock Lesnar is... used to do a shooting star press, y'all. People, so basically, you're saying the people who don't know that Brock Lesnar is one of the five best wrestlers in the world when he gives a shit about wrestling. Yes, and and the reason that the rest of us hate Brock Lesnar so much is because Brock Lesnar should be one of the best wrestlers in the world, but he hates the he hates it so much that he's not. I love seeing, like, I love the moments when you see Brock is into it. Like Monday, he was into it. Because at the beginning, when Paul was talking, you saw him look at his arm and say, ooh, I got goosebumps. Like, he was into it Monday. So, and then, you know, Sunday might show up and I give a fuck. But I think my second reason why I think he'll, that it won't be too bad is because I truly believe he respects Daniel Bryan. I believe that in my soul. Brock respects anyone that makes money, and he knows that Daniel Bryan's a moneymaker. Well, not just, yes, that's a good point. But I feel like there's not many people that he'll respect as a person. Brian is such a such a good dude that even the devil himself would be like, yeah, he's alright. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, and here's why I don't feel bad for AJ. Here's why I don't feel bad for AJ. Number one, AJ deserves a day off. Fair enough. Even That's... though it's the Big Four, that's a hell of a day off to take. Yeah, it is. But like, AJ held that title for over a year, and AJ Okada'd that title. He held it for so long that like, we turned on it. Yeah. And we like AJ. Just like we like Okada. Yeah. But by the end of that title reign, we were just like, motherfucker, drop that belt. I don't give a shit who you drop that belt to, but get that belt off your ass. Yeah. So you're telling me that AJ's going to start coming out with his hair dyed and singing Scooby Doo Doo? Yo, man, AJ might do that shit. I mean, AJ's corny enough that anything his dad ass did (laughs) wouldn't surprise me. He could drive a fucking minivan to the ring next week, and I wouldn't be shocked. That's a real storyline, yo. For the biggest <laughs> star of the second big of the second biggest company in the world. The biggest star, the guy who was called the Rainmaker, because he made the company so much money. This biggest storyline of the year was he lost his mind because he lost the title. Yeah. He had a midlife crisis and started coming yeah. out <laughs> with balloons screaming Scooby Dooby Doo. That's a real thing. Yeah, and then the Switchblade destroyed chaos. But he helped but he brought back Okada though. This is true. God, I can't wait for Switchblade versus Okada. I'm I'm hype. I am I. Let me say something. Probably I, I care way more about that match than I care about the one we just discussed. I agree. With, well, 
<laughs> the two people in the match don't care. Well, no, Brian cares. Brian, this is his dream match. But yeah, I'm with you 1%. I can't wait for, for Wrestle Kingdom. Only because they have fused... I, I, I watch it every year. I buy it every year. I subscribe to the network every year for Wrestle Kingdom. But for the first time since I've watched, they have fused that... that not just I'm watching because I want to watch. They have fused that have reined me in. The casual Western viewer. Then we got some good feuds for this year's some Wrestle Kingdom. Amazing feuds, dog. You know what else was an, his amazing feud? One of the best feuds of 2018, oh. and they haven't even had a fucking match. You better segue that shit, boy. I see you. I see you. The best feud of the second half of 2018 isn't even going to get a match this week because one of the participants is hurt. But y'all, Ronda Rousey versus Becky Lynch is the greatest thing that we never knew we needed. Amen to that. We did not know we needed that. but yes. We didn't know how much we were going to love this shit until the man came around. Like, I, I hate that she was, like, I hate that the bloodied face was because she had a fractured face and is so severely concussed, but that image is so iconic. I will forever associate Becky Lynch with that for the rest of her career. That ble- the bleeding face standing in the top of the crowd. This is my show now. So so can we call? So people have been trying. This has been pissing me off to my soul. Cause okay, so let's 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 keep it a hundred, right? Earlier this week, when I texted you <coughs> about this show, and in our group with Carl and Ricky and Clive. I told you that I had some con- my contrarian senses were tingling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was prepared to come here and not bury Becky, but I had some issues involving Becky. Not her. She's flawless. Nothing about her. Everything she's doing, saying, everything is flawless. I didn't like the hot under your blankie line. That's one line out of a million that she fucked up on. Okay, no big deal. She's flawless. I don't like that. All number one, my eyes are still rolling because here on the edge, me, Kyle, and Carl tried to tell you, wait for Becky, wait for it to work. It's gonna work. Y'all hated us. Now y'all love it. That annoys fuck out of me because now you want to like it. Number two, it annoys me personally that nobody gave a fuck about Becky three months ago, but now y'all want to say she's the best thing in wrestling. Okay. Cool, I can accept that. But number three, please, for God's sakes, for and shout out to my boy Ricky, for Allah's sakes, stop fucking comparing her to Stone Cold Steve Austin. It makes me want to pull my hair out, dog. I fucking can't stand it. I can't, like she's over. Totally different she's, thing. She's over and she's great. But why can't people be who they are? Y'all, comparing eras is the dumbest thing. Like we've got to stop comparing eras in not just wrestling in general. Like. When people talk about like LeBron versus Michael, two different eras, yo. Two different eras, two different styles of play, two different ways of doing the game. Austin came up in the Attitude Era. That's a different game. That's a different time. Not to mention just because Becky's a woman and because of what she means to women's wrestling right Mm now, we're talking Mm -hmm. a totally different level. Everything's different. 
because Becky was Becky is so hot, and that angle on Raw went over so well that her getting hurt has flipped their script so much that now that's looking like the WrestleMania main event. Main event, y'all. Like the they show. changed their minds about Charlotte versus Ronda and are hot shotting that to Sunday because Becky Lynch has become so hot and so on fire and her versus Ronda has become so money that now they want that to close WrestleMania. That's crazy. It's it's I I can't think of a of a more of a recent time where something so improbable has happened like and so organic like that's what I love organic. about it it's yes. so organic you it know because the one defense I will give to the shitty fans who didn't care about Becky and now they do the one thing I will give them is that the story they've told with Becky has been a great slow burn all year long with good crescendos, she had to go through the redemption and she had to beat every woman on the roster to get the title shot. And she had to go through that triple threat and then she loses and she snaps. And then she has to go through the thing with Charlotte. And she, you know, starts off calling herself the man to get to Charlotte to like take the pot shot at Rick to beat a man. You got to beat the man and starts talking about how she's the man. And now she is the fucking man. Goddamn right. Uh, Can I sh- Go ahead. No, I was going to say, please. and she's made herself legitimately believable from a kayfabe point of view versus Ronda. Now, that's that. That's the trick. We know Ronda will be way, that in real life. By the way, fuck all of y'all talk about, well, if it were a real fight, we know who would. Yeah, we do know who would win because Ronda Rousey's one of the four or five toughest women in the fucking world. Yeah, we know that. This is fucking wrestling. Kayfabe well, still exists, damn it. Sure, but Ron is bringing up real, real fighting too, and this is people trying to. Ron is getting washed with Becky. Becky's spitting like legendary lines. Becky is torching her ass on social media, right? right. Torching. So, 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 so that's so you, legitimately when it comes down to the match, you, if you're on Ron's side, you got to say, well, yeah, I get that, but Ron to get really beat her ass. Like I get it. The all and the, and the only thing I'm a the only shade I'm gonna throw at Rhonda in this whole thing, and I would throw shade whether it was Rhonda or anybody else. I know what you're gonna do, and I'm a, millennial I know, and I'm, bashing is so old, especially a millennial bashing other millennials. Cause homegirl so, a millennial, y'all, we are all millennials now. I get that, yes. So let me defend that very slightly, very, min- like you, y'all can't see me, but if Kyle can see how small, teeny tiny fingers, yes, yeah. yeah. What she meant is simply this. Becky is walking around almost maniacally thinking that she's the baddest person ever. And in the moment, she's probably the baddest right now. Give her that all day long. What Rhonda's saying is, I've had to work my entire life. And not that you haven't, but my mom will wake me up in the middle of the night at five years old and put me in an armbar. My mama wake me up in the middle of the night at seven years old and put me in a chokehold. This is how I grew up. I grew up fighting for my life, right? I've gone through every single thing fighting for my life. So when you were figuring out your life, fly, flying around the world, trying to figure out what you wanted to do, I was being put in arm bars and chokeholds. 
when you were flight attending, I was doing this, I was doing that. So when you got here, you're here and you're great and you did your job, but you didn't do well and you rested on your laurels for so long because you were popular. And now you that you decided to put it together, you want to act like none of that matters, you're great now. When I've been busting my ass this entire time, that's what she was trying to say. Can she I say that? But can I say, though, can I say, though, that even saying that, I think all that does to the modern audience is endear Becky more to the crowd because but, because somebody it's likes more somebody relatable sure. because because Becky's route is more relatable. It's more relatable to think you're right. I, I wasn't trained for this my whole life. I had to figure my shit out and I had to decide what I was going to do and I had to find that training and I had to go through it and I had to bust my chops on the scene and blah, blah, blah. I wasn't honed for this from day one. Mm -hmm. I'm like everybody else. I think in the end that just endears Becky more than it does alienator. Much like the Charlotte feud. It's all, it's all a situation about, it's not about necessarily what you say. It's about the, it's about not about it's the actions. And I think that is the one part of the Austin Becky comparison. That's fair. The only part of that comparison that's fair is that they both embody this every man persona that people relate to. I got to think about that. Cause I don't know. I, I don't, I don't see Becky in that light. I don't see Becky in that light. I don't see her as an every man. I see Becky as a person, cause she's not even building. She's not even building up her every man's status. She's just talking a lot of shit and kicking a lot of ass. Like, you know, like Austin literally had to fight the boss to get anything he wanted. Becky just fought her best friend because she couldn't beat her, and jumped her ass every week. Like, so I don't see an every man persona with Becky, even though in real life she is like, like, like Rebecca Knox is an every man, absolutely. But Becky Lynch is just. A character who finally figured it out and is now at the top of it. Becky Lynch, Becky Lynch is pl- is doing Conor McGregor cosplay. Hey, I mean there are worse people to cosplay. I'm saying, look, at, in professional wrestling, there are way worse people to cosplay because Conor McGregor built his entire persona off based off professional fucking wrestling. Vince McMahon in particular. Yeah, so there are way worse people to be cosplaying. It's and so that crazy. Iris accent makes her you, so much more badass. You took it out of my mouth. I was just about so to say that. It's something badass. about the Irish accent and the and the way they move that just <laughs> seems badass. So badass. Because yeah. Finn's got that same swag about him. It's something about being Irish. You just got this like big dick walk. You know who doesn't have it? Jordan Devlin. This is Sorry, true. guy. Sorry, guy. Sorry, Clive, because Clive loves to do it. But but Becky's awesome. I just you know slow your roll, slow your roll. And then I'm this is this is gonna be a little. This is gonna sound a little hating, but it's not. Becky's hot, and but Becky's not super over. Like people are acting like she's the biggest thing in wrestling right now. She's the most. She's the hottest thing in wrestling right now. But she ain't getting that biggest cheers yet. That's still building. It's getting there though. And it's, it's well deserved. There. And I know it's gonna and sound I like hating. Injury, and I think the injury could be beneficial because like Oh my god, yeah, she's gonna have triple H moments when she comes back. Well that's what I'm saying. She she got hurt hot, getting a bigger following, and she's hurt in such a way that she can still be around doing the thing that people loved about her the most. She can still be there talking a lot of shit. 
I would keep her off until the rumble. And have her come back and just destroy. I'd have her. I'd have so, her take, so are we, take I was, the title away. I was gonna say, so we're gonna have her take the title away and have her come yeah, would, back for the title she never lost. No, I, she's going for Ronda. Well, I mean, she's going exactly. for Ronda, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I never lost sure. my title. I had to. Yes. I had it taken from me. Yes. So after yes. I'm done breaking Nia Jax's arm, I'm gonna fuck you up. And I think the hug. Well, let's talk about this real quick before we get. Before the hug bothered me a little bit in the moment. It really did in the moment because but, little things like that do bother me in the moment. But, but long term, if she's gonna be kept away for a while, and if she's coming back to take on Ronda in WrestleMania, and she's gonna be going to Raw as a like, all right, the beef is squashed. I beat your ass and proved my point, and now I'm out. I, I buy it. So. Let me tell you why I didn't why it made sense to me in the moment. And you get it. So, you know, but in the moment it made sense to me because of this one reason. We know how hard Becky's worked to get to this moment. The entire reason she turned heel on Charlotte was because she worked her ass off to get the things that everybody else was given. Right? The entire reason she turned heel on Charlotte. Um, and she finally got there. And she was the biggest thing in her sport, right? Especially from her gender's perspective, but damn near the whole sport. And she got here. And she got one over on the baddest woman on the planet. And she was the most talked about person in wrestling. And she loses it. Because she got hurt off of essentially a sucker punch. In that moment, she just wanted to finish the fight. And if she can't finish the fight, she picked the one person she knew could finish the fight, which is Charlotte. And that hug was an acknowledgement of, I love you, we're friends again. That hug was an acknowledgement of, me and you have beat the hell out of each other, and you're the only person I trust to do this. So this, this is my, we're, we're going to squash the beat for a second, so we can, so I can live vicariously through you while you beat her ass. I don't think it meant anything else more than that. I don't think it meant that they're friends, that they're cool, the beef is squashed. It's, look, me and you, we're here right now for this one second, so you can do this for me, since I can't. And... If you watch the little six-minute six, six minute clip that YouTube released of her, like, following her that day, she said the exact same thing. All right. I, like I said, it bothered me way more at the moment than it does reflexively a few days later thinking about it, uh, especially because she will be out for a while. And I, I do agree she'll come back at the Rumble <coughs> and probably win the Rumble. And that's the perfect way to set up changing shows and moving on from there. Um, as far as who wins Charlotte versus Ronda, I mean, Ronda's going to win, but it's going to be a great match. Ronda's going to win, but it's going to be a great fucking match. I agree. And that's going to be the one. I hope it's thing. still the main event. I really do. It, I, I, it won't be. be, but I hope it's the main event. It might. Well, the five, yeah, it might be the five and five. Actually, not just big. Said you say that. Um, five and five usually ends, unless it's something special like Goldberg Lesnar or something. Yeah. But, um, yeah, you're probably right. But th that's the reason why I think SmackDown will win the five and fives, but Raw, with the exception of Shinsuke, will win the title matches, and Corbin can at least say, "Well, my champions are better," except for that stupid Seth. Um. Yeah, man, I'm I'm hyped, man. It's gonna be some good ass wrestling, and look. 
I understand that the sudden title change with Brian and the sudden losing uh, losing of Becky Lynch to injury is a huge bummer. I get it. But understand that our consolation prize is Brock Lesnar and Daniel Bryan and the main event of WrestleMania 35. These are our consolation prizes. The title change shouldn't shock people that much, though, because... It happened last year. Yeah. Exact same thing happened last year. Yeah, but there's... but there's Totally there's, different circumstances. Yes. Like, last year's title change was predicated on Brock did not respect gender. Brock does respect AJ. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. This, it was just time for AJ to drop the title. Yeah, I agree. And Where does AJ go? That's the more interesting question. Like, because AJ term. has not been away from a belt for like well over two years now. Yeah. In the short term, no idea. In the long term, he's going to Raw. <laughs> yes. Um. Abs- no. Absolutely. Absolutely. He's in, in the in, long in the term. That's the plan. In fact, he might. Even, I think he might. He might even win the Rumble and go up to Brock. I can see AJ and Brock at WrestleMania 35. I can see that. That's not my prediction, but I can see it. But in the meantime, we're definitely going to have AJ versus Brian at least through the end of the year. They'll have a rematch at TLC and probably a ladder match or some shit. Uh, oh, God. Daniel Bryan in a ladder match. Just thought about that. No. Yeah, let's not put Daniel Bryan in a ladder match. Uh, no, they will. Let's put Daniel in a tables match so that he only has to potentially take one really crazy bump. Yeah, but Brian's going to win, so he doesn't yeah. have to take a crazy bump. Yeah, so let's put let's put Daniel in the tables match. Yeah. Yeah. You, I just scared myself. Yeah, I really don't want him in a ladder. I really don't want him tempted to jump off of it. Well, it, yeah, but remember the last time, the last, the last um, vision we have of Daniel Bryan on the ladder, him and Dolph Ziggler decided to be idiots and just headbutt the shit out of each other for like thirty seconds. Yeah, so let's uh, let's not tempt him on that. He's proven that he's very clearly a guy that needs to be protected from himself. Yes. Yes. Um. So yeah. Uh. Um. I got some. I got some new, some wrestling news. If you, oh, I, I love wrestling news. Report: Shane Strickland will leave MLW next month. Is WWE next? If NXT gets worth, boy, let me tell you, that's a big oh. step. NXT's got so many people. They're gonna have to do some call ups soon just to clear the room. Sure, I, they, they, I'm they with will. you. I'm with you on being against call ups for no reason or for the sake of calling people up and not having a plan for what to do with them. That's my fear. I, I'm with you there. But if they're not going to give and if they're not going to either give NXT an extra hour or do something else to like thin the herd, they're going to have to call some people up because they've got too many bodies. Well, see, so here's the positive thing about what they're doing. And this is probably why they feel like they can get away with it for now. They essentially run three loops. They run the main roster. They run the, the main loop with the main guys who go to the different cities. The Largo. They run, 
They run the Largo loop which for the lesser guys who are still learning and like a couple of decently top decent name guys. And then they have another loop that they run, which is a little higher level, right? So like you have guys like Stacey Irvin Jr., the kid they signed a couple months ago who's gonna be in the Largo loop learning. But you got a guy like Brennan Williams and like, like Dijak. Yeah, Dijak who's on the other loop. Right? So they're working, they're getting they're getting exposure. Now, my argument when the last time we had this conversation is this. They need to call guys up. You're absolutely right. But if we're talking about not guys that they've just recently signed, like um indie guys like Punch Man and Riddle and, and, and such. I'm talking about like built like guys they've built up or have been there for a while. Who's there right now besides Dijak and Brennan? Who really hasn't gotten the like the shine that they need that they deserve? Well, no, I don't. I'm not saying that it's that they've got an issue of people aren't getting the shine. I'm saying they're continuing to sign more and more people. Yeah. And sure. if you're gonna keep making and not signing bullshitters, like if you're gonna keep signing people like Keith Lee and Matt Riddle and Chelsea Green and. Io Shirai and yeah. all of these big, huge names from the indie scene. If you're going to keep making those signings, and I'm not saying they shouldn't do that because, I mean, yeah, you want the best talent for sure. But mm-hmm. if you're going to keep doing that, you're going to run into that problem. Where logjam, yeah. Yes, uh, where Sammy we've got Cali- so Sammy many Callahan's people. Happen. Yes, where we've got so many people or a juice. A juice yeah. is going to happen. Where like someone doesn't really get too much of a shine, so then they go, and then they it's like, oh wait, well, this guy turned out to be a decent star, but we didn't have space for him at the time. But Ju- but Juice had the same problem Adam Rose had in this. I realize that they're a terrible comparison, but they had the same problem in that the- Juice had been there through all the SCW years, like like um. Adam Rose, Leo Krug, or whatever name you want to go by, use him by, had been there forever. So they had already built an opinion of those guys. You know who else had that problem that I think should consider going back because he currently works for that company we don't talk about? Oh. Eli Drake. He was yeah. an FCW holdover, but, but this character that he's developed now is way better. Well, that and Eli Drake had one issue and one issue only: Bill Demott. Eli and Bill Demott had beef, so that's why he was like, "I can't do this no more." Now that Matt Bloom is there and Sarah Amato is there and Robbie Brookside and Sean and Canyon Seaman, who seems to be a good administrator yeah. for the group, y'all bring back Eli Drake, y'all, because if nothing else, you know what's made for the main roster. That fucking segment, The Facts of Life, with the dummy, dummy. button. Yeah. Dummy, yeah. <laughs> dummy, yeah. That is imagine, made for Monday Night Raw. Can you imagine a Miz TV slash Facts of Life uh, segment? That Dude, would be hilarious. No, but can like can you just imagine him with can you imagine him with a Daniel as his guest? And every time Daniel goes to talk, he just hits the dummy button. Dummy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me talk so, to you, dummy. So, basically we're saying, Triple H, we need you to save Eli Drake. Yeah, bring back Eli save, Drake. Save Moose. Yeah, save Moose. And save John Morrison. And Rosemary. 
Yeah, Rose, and yeah, yeah, and I'm not, I'm not saying because I don't like her. When I say save, I'm think like TNA does right by their women. True. Okay. Okay. Uh, I okay. Respect. No respect. You're right. They do so do she right. Might, by she's the in way. a good spot. Yes. Where she is. Yes. There. By the way, again, God, you're making say something good about TNA Impact Wrestling. No, they do women's wrestling. They do it well, and the women's roster is stacked. Tessa, uh, Sue, Rosemary, Jordan, Kier. Yeah, like they they got a Taya Valkyrie. Yeah, they've got a women's roster. Absolutely. But they've always had a women's roster. They've always had a women's roster. Absolutely. Back to Angelina Jalove and the beautiful people. And 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 uh, Kong and Gail yep. yeah, and, and Gail, Gail Kim yeah yeah ODB yep yeah that that's that is one thing I will never take away from that company is they've always known how to put together a good engaging women's division and they know how to have women fight over like not petty shit. bullshit drama yeah yeah it's 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 not who's the biggest bitch it's let's have a real feud. Yeah, I mean, Sue um, Young and Rosemary are having some straight-up Bray Wyatt and The Undertaker shit going on. It's creepy as shit that I've read and seen, and it's, <laughs> it makes my head hurt when I actually try to read it. Because it's, too, it's so convoluted. And, and the segment where Ali had to go find her in the realm, and Rosemary was waiting in the realm, for, it just is so... And Kiera just happened to be there and safe. I'm confused. Uh, we're all confused. We're all that confused. that reminds me of the segment that Bully Ray had to take the whole show to explain how he made Aces and Eights work. Yeah, that is the funniest thing to me that it that took was two that convoluted to explain why it worked. It was an, well because it was an explanation of booking on the fly. We we it was the entire show was basically so we started this angle and we didn't know what we were gonna do, but then we decided midway through, and so here are all the ways that I'm plugging the holes for you. Now let me say this. I'm a bully fan. I love the dude. Oh, I like Bully. He made that work. Because at the end of the show, you're like, "Oh, I can see it." He the 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 term his first reign as the world chicken. champion was was good. That was one of the last great things that that excellent. version of TNA did. It was excellent. Yeah. I still remember Hogan's face when he turned. Well, and that's when AJ turned like that dark character that actually got him sting. signed to New Japan. Yeah, that's sting. where he pulled a sting. Oh, by the way, Evil Ways, his theme song is still fire. Yeah, the, they they did some good things at that time. They really they did. had good moments. Yes, they had some good. But at the same time, Eric Young was the one half of the women's tag champs. So yes. we don't. Yes. Yeah. But then Eric Young became a psychopath and later beat Bobby Roode for the world title. No, no, this was after. That was after. Yeah. No, he was psych- He went psychopath and won the world title, and then turned back normal and went back and married ODB and became sideshow Bobby again. Oh, Eric Young. Hashtag don't fire Eric. Don't fire Eric. I, no, the best Eric Young. Tro- we gotta get out of here, y'all. We're just bullshitting now. My favorite Eric Young ism in TNA. Is when he was in Team Canada, and the the pyro would come out, and he would be shocked by it every, every time. time. Uh, <laughs> hey, shout out, shout out to A One. When the last time anybody seen that dude? APB. <laughs> I'm saying, hey, it, for those of you who think that I just hate TNA for no reason, you don't even know who A One is. 
They they probably don't know who Amazing Red is either. But let's get out of here before we get that. Amazing Red. Before we go down that rabbit hole. The Naturals. Uh, okay, yeah, let's stop. Yeah, uh, Elix Skipper and Triple X. Yo, man, I missed that shit. <laughs> AMW. Like AMW. Yes. Guilty. Yeah, I'll I'll go back and watch OTNA any day. Okay, yeah, yeah. Let's let's get out here, man. So tell them where they can find you. You can find me on Twitter at Doctor S'mores. You can also find me on a special edition. Of keeping it strong style um, from not this week but last week we reviewed the power struggle and it was a lot of fun power struggle was an excellent show so that was a good show for you to be on yeah and shout out to jeremy shout out to the young boy for asking me to fill in for him and thanks for having me on guys hey by the way jeremy i got a little beef with you bro you build kyle as the golden lover he is one half, half of the of golden, the golden lovers. lovers we are a right. team yes get that right there's no code without kenny and no kenny without coda okay that's okay when josh gave me a shout out for filling in this week he referred to us as the smc podcast still motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> he corrected himself he corrected himself but <laughs> that's hilarious <laughs> All right. Well, hey, those are my guys. Love them anyway. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you can follow me at uh, It's Ray Cash, R-E-Y, as in Mysterio, C-A-S-H, as in dollars. You can find our brother uh, Carl. At the best of Carbon. us on Twitter. He's excellent on Twitter. He, he does the Twitter well. Carl um, also would would be upset if we didn't tell you to look out for his column. It'll be coming in 2020. No, we're a little further now. Oh, that's right, because he's gonna he's gonna campaign in 2020. Yes, <laughs> so he's gotta he's gotta put that to the side for his he gotta put his campaign to the side. So it'll be here about 2022, 2023. Uh, um, speaking of columns, your boy started writing again. I've dropped two columns and check them out. I have a little series start kind of going. And speaking of series. Me and Rob Daniels are talking about uh, Rob. Shout out to the first fan, Rob. Love you, brother. Are talking about doing a little small, little mini pod uh, each week, talking about my my uh, columns. The columns are kind of how to business plan business plan as columns. We're gonna call it the business plan. Um, WWE creating a legacy brand for part timers. How someone can compete with the WWE. How a book the elite in WWE, how I would rebrand tag team wrestling in WWE. There's things like this. Uh, yeah, man, I'm excited. I love writing them. I've gotten some good feedback. Check that out. Um, yes, you can follow the show at, um, outside edge SS. Of course. Um, we're on social suplex and we're on chair shot radio. And what do we do in chair shot? Always use your head. My man. Uh, you can catch us. Anywhere you find your podcast. Before we give you the the final line, I want to do some advertising. First and foremost, after uh, Survivor Series, you're going to be at home. You're going to have watched an amazing show. You're either going to be satisfied or shocked. One of the two. You ain't got shit to do. Holla at your boys at Chair Shot Radio. Me and your boy Chris Platt. We are doing a live post show. After Survivor Series, 
live. You never know who might show up. Kyle might be there. Carl might be there. Greg DeMarco might be. You never know who's going to show up, and we we might take callers depending on what what everything looks like. So check us out. We will keep advertising that. Also, next week, aside from your usual Outsiders Edge column, where we'll have our post show and talk about some real good stuff, we have a special show for you guys called The State of the WWE. This is debate season. We have had to deal with this fuckery we call politics in America and the midterm elections and all the bullshit that comes with that. So why not have a debate podcast in terms of uh, that style? It will be a mock debate. Your your moderator will be not the one, the only, Carl Irvin. Um, the uh, moderator and the guy running for office himself, apparently. Uh, wink, wink. And your boy Ranch, your boy Kyle, your boy Clive, and your boy Ricky will all be on there, and we will all have a respective brand. And we have to prove to you guys why we have the best brand. And spoiler alert, I'm obviously going to win because SmackDown is definitely the best brand. No, no, Ricky's won automatically because he's Ricky, but he has NXT. Yeah, I know Ricky's going to win, but like I have to champion myself a little bit. I got to stand for myself. I got the toughest draw, and I gave it to myself. I got raw. So, yeah, very clearly Clive has 205. But, yeah. And we are going to open up a, a a Twitter poll to you guys for you to tell us who who do you think had the best debate and all that. We'll do some fun stuff with it. Speaking of that, outside of Edge, Ricky and Clive, and even Social Suplex in general have some really fun holidays-themed stuff coming for you guys, some gimmick shows, some canned shows, some real special stuff. So look out for us. We're trying to give you some nice stuff. We're trying to do some cool things for you, this, that, and the other. So, uh working hard out here yeah so just pay attention keep supporting we appreciate you uh but before we go ladies and gentlemen remember this week and every week on the outsider's edge that we're just some relatively young men out here doing the best we can to make a living each and every day so if we said anything that you disagreed with if we upset you we hurt your feelings or just made you feel some type of way. Just remember that we're out here chasing our dreams, and you got to respect that. But if you but don't, if you... we don't give a fuck. Fuck em. Thanks for listening. We'll see you all next week.